everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Filipino American Woman Project, also known as Tifa Project. Uh, Tifa Project. I was about to say like tifaproject.com. I mean, that is our website. <laughs> Tifa Project for short. I'm your co-host, Jen Amos. And as always, I have my incredible co-host with me, Nani Dominguez. Nani, welcome back. Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome back. Yes, and we are excited, as we always are when we do shows like this. Every time I start these discussions, I feel like I have to remind myself to have like adjectives readily available because I always use the same <laughs> adjectives. Excited, thrilled. Anyway, so we are stoked <laughs> for our guest today. But before we get into that, let me go ahead and get into our announcements here. So we love hearing from you. And if you feel compelled or you feel like this show has resonated with you, this conversation has resonated with you, we have a phone number. You can text us or leave us a voice message at, get your phone ready, 415-484-8329. Or that's the letters T-F-A-W as in the Filipino American woman. So once again, our phone number is 415-484-T-F-A-W or 8329. So we'd love to hear from you. Text us. Just say hi. Say, hey, I got your number. <laughs> but yeah, just let us know. Let us know that you got our number. <laughs> Secondly, just Nani hello, and I, I think. Let's yeah, just say hello. Just say hello. Nani and I receive them, but I think Nani is normally the one that answers them. So, so there's that. So you'll be hearing from one of us if you text or leave a voice message to that number, 415-484-8329. Yes, and shout out to everyone who's texted us so far. Yes, yeah, that's been fun because it's just nice to know that people are listening and people take the time to put down our number and text message us. It's like, oh, cool. Like we went out of our way to make it easier to get access to us. And the fact that you all are taking advantage of that, we really appreciate it. So thank you. All right. So Nani and I, we mentioned this in the previous episodes, but we are practicing healthy boundaries with social media. <laughs> and so we are focused more now on spending our time building community on our newsletter. And, you know, as we figure out what our quote unquote new normal is during this pandemic, we're not going to always be perfect being consistent with the newsletter either. So give us some grace. We like to aim for like sending out weekly emails, but you just never know. And if for whatever reason you are subscribed and you feel like you haven't received any emails from us, be sure to check your spam folder. Look out for my email, jen at tifaproject.com. That might be in spam. That might be in your promotions folder in your inbox or just direct message us or text us and say, hey, I haven't been receiving your emails and we'll be happy to include you in that or at least double check that you're in it. It's super important because we've been rolling out with a lot of exciting things this second season and in order to stay up to date, you can find all of that in our newsletter. And also with our community, we have encouraged them to contribute to our newsletter. So Nani has been writing a lot of love letters as, as really our open messages for our newsletters. And you can contribute as well. So once again, if you are interested in being in community with us and contribute to the project, feel free to sign up to our newsletter. You can check out the show notes of this episode or visit our fancy website, <laughs> tifaproject.com, T-F-A-W project.com. All right, so third announcement. I like to encourage our listeners to check out our sponsors, especially if you are an aspiring podcaster. There's a phrase that I learned back then called study, practice, teach. And so, you know, 
As we built this podcast show, as we went, I started collecting resources and tools to make podcasting easier because people have been asking me like, Jen, how do you start a podcast? And so if you want to learn more about the tools that we use, check out our sponsors. Once again, you can check out the show notes or visit our website, tifaproject.com. Tifa Project, actually the website itself is one of our sponsors, Captivate. If you are interested in podcasting and you don't want to go through the hassle of putting together a website, Captivate just sets that up for you. And you can see an example of that by looking at our website. So anyway, that's sponsors. And there's probably more. You have to check out our newsletter or I'll probably do like pre-recording before this in case something exciting happens. Because at the time this episode's release, we actually would have participated in a PodFest conference already, <laughs> actually, from what I recall. One other thing, one more thing, I promise. Okay, so for our show, we love hearing from you. We love hearing your feedback and we would love for you to share it with the world. And so we encourage you to write a five-star written review, whether it's on Apple Podcasts or Podchaser. Apple Podcasts, I think it's pretty self-explanatory. A lot of our listeners actually listen through Apple Podcasts. And so all you have to do is go to our show and scroll to the very bottom at the bottom of the episodes and you will see that you can leave a review there. And we'd love to hear from you. If we see your review, we'll most likely give you a shout out in one of our upcoming episodes. And that's it. That's pretty much all the announcements I have. Nani, anything from you? <laughs> nope. I think you covered everything. Trying to be super thorough. So that way I don't have to do any like pre-recording, you know, before this. It's like, it's all in there now. <laughs> so it's like, I don't have to do any, any extra editing. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> all right. Okay, so with that said, let's go ahead and dive into our interview today. And today we have with us Samantha Homosmos. Samantha is a post-grad pre-physical therapy student, content creator, and community builder. Samantha, welcome to the show. Ooh, thank you for having me. Yes, we're excited. We had some, <laughs> some fun bantering before yes. <laughs> we recorded, talked about a lot of things. And I just wanted to make sure that we saved all that for our discussion today. So mm -hmm. thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. So Samantha, why don't we start? And I'm actually really excited about asking this first question to you because I already feel like this is like a success story. <laughs> our show. So why don't you share, how did you hear about our project and what inspired you to join us and share your story? So I first heard about your guys's podcast. It, well, it was randomly through Spotify. It just popped up on my like recommended feed. So I started listening to it and I was like, wow, this is like cool to see two Filipino American women just in this space, like especially in the podcast space. So that was pretty cool. And then also your past guest, Elisa Sakilayan, found me on Instagram because she noticed that I liked one of her posts where she was like introducing her episode on your guys' podcast. So then we met, we connected, and then we got on a Zoom call. And then we ended up starting a IGTV live series called Pinai Talks. And that was during Shelter in Place. So we've done like three of them already, I think. So it's like a community spawned from your community. So That's so cool. What I kind of stuff do you guys cover in the Penai Talks? So we've talked about self-care, wellness, and this past one we did, it was about beauty standards in the Philippines versus America. Oh, and also very cool. representation in media and healthcare. Very cool. Gonna yeah. have to go check some of those out. Yeah. <laughs> I feel so like... Yeah. I feel so proud of us, Nani. I feel like we like birthed another show. 
Yeah, I know. I love that. And I love to see it like happening on other platforms too, because obviously Jen is a huge advocate for helping, you know, other Panayas that might want to start a podcast, but not everyone wants to, you know, dive into a platform like a podcast. So doing IGTV or whatever other features, Instagram or Twitter or TikTok, whatever people are on now offer, that's just helping us cast a wider and wider net. So I love that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. I just love it. I love that we are all inspiring one another to be the voice we want to hear. You know what I mean? And see and, and be the face that we want to see like in media. And in these times, it's just so easy to do it now. I mean, it's just so easy. It's so accessible. And I really believe that the only thing that's holding us back from showing up is ourselves. Like is whatever story, whatever limiting story we're telling ourselves, you know, that we can't be there. So I just love that you and Elisa are, you know, doing good work out there on IGTV. And I'm going to have to, like, I want to look into it (laughs) as well. And that's really what we're trying to cultivate here, I think, in our project. I I think it's a byproduct of what we've been doing, Nani, is like, you know, our listeners are really not just relating to the stories, but actually wanting to reach out and connect with them and possibly do stuff together. And it's just so great to hear that someone such as yourself and Elisa have partnered up and are doing good work. So it's just... I just feel like that is like a true success story. (laughs) It's such a bonus. Like the rewards that we get from doing this show, I think are mainly like feedback from you guys and the time and the connections that we spend making here, like in these interviews, but to take it beyond that and to see, you know, listeners or past guests kind of taking our project off on their own kind of tangent is just so beautiful. Like I love that so much. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so good. I'm so happy about it. I wish I had like more words to describe how happy I am, but just, I know. Like, let me process for a second. Yeah. yeah. Come up with something better that I can. Yeah. <laughs> like let's process the fact that Nani and I were making this up as we went. <laughs> and then, and then along the way, yeah. like our listeners, decided to do something with the stories they heard and the people that they had an opportunity to listen to. So it's beautiful. And yeah, just like what Nani is, I'm still processing it, but I know that I feel really good about this and I'm really appreciative. And it's just another piece of inspiration and affirmation for us to keep doing what we're doing, um, just to represent and to show up every week and connect with amazing individuals such as yourself. It is really interesting too, because I feel like in the second season, we've been having people who've been listeners be guests on the show. Where when, yeah, where when we first started, it was really either us actively seeking people out or people like, you know, just, just a lot of new people. And it's just really cool. And it makes me like to believe that our listeners feel comfortable to want to join us and realize that Nani and I are just, we're just everyday people. Like we don't bite. (laughs) We can't bite anyway, because social distancing. So, you know, right. Because we're on Zoom. So you're safe. And if ever you feel uncomfortable, you could just hang up. Like it's fine. You could log out. Like it's totally fine. Right. Like no, no one has yeah exactly it's <laughs> awesome. so funny you say that because when Alisa and I did the first one I was like oh what if no one shows up and she's like that's totally cool too because we're still gonna have like a really great conversation about whatever we're gonna talk about exactly yeah. and just like we say on the show it's not really about you know followers or kind of the numbers it's more about right. the content of the show mm-hmm. and clearly that has been so impactful on mm-hmm. so many people that you know 
prime example of you guys taking it on one and adding your own perspective to the topics that we talk about here. So yeah, I think that's really great. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah. The other thing I want to add is that I was talking to, I think I was talking to my husband the other day and he, he's always, he always says this. He's like, like if if we do like live stream or something, he's all like, well, no one's going to see this anyway. You know? And I'm just like, I was like, well, I mean, that probably shouldn't be the attitude you should have about like putting your content out there. But more importantly, yeah, kind of what Nani said, to me, it's not necessarily about like the quantity. It's more about like, well, first of all, it's what you're getting from that experience and having that conversation. Mm-hmm. And then the second part of it is you have, you have this opportunity to duplicate yourself so that you don't necessarily have to like, ex- I mean, of course, you, maybe if people will have clarifying questions, you can ex- right. repeat yourself. But it's so nice that when like, you don't have to repeat yourself. It's like people can just listen to that episode. And, you yeah. know, that's something that you can add to your portfolio. Like, it's so funny because like nowadays, if I am referring someone, I give them the interview that I did with them. I was like, oh, listen to this person. You're going to want to talk to them. Like, this is an interview oh. I did with them. You know, it just makes it so much easier. It's like, I don't have to explain myself. Like, here you go, you know, or if yeah. people want to learn more about me. It's like, oh, well, here's some episodes you can listen to if you want to right. like dive deeper into my own personal story of, of everything. And so, you know, it's, it's one, just that experience that you you have the fortune of doing with that person. And then secondly, it's like that ripple effect, you know, for people who do listen. And sometimes you just need one person to listen and you'll be able to impact their life, you know? So I love it. And, you know, I don't think listeners, I mean, I don't know. I was just thinking like, you know, listeners don't think about who else is listening. Listeners listen for their own you know, experience of like, oh, that resonated with me. Like they're not looking at someone to their left, like, oh, did that resonate with you? Like it's, they think about themselves first, you know? And so, yeah, that's it. That's my rant, my positive rant about like, just do it, just do it because you could have one person listen to your show and that could make a difference for them. Right. That's my lesson of the day. (laughs) All right. Okay. We definitely overextended that. So let's go ahead and move on. Okay. No such thing. No such thing. Yeah, no, I'm just kidding. I was just like, oh, let's just, let's just talk about this for a while because Nani and I are still trying to be articulate about the fact that we like bred another show and I'm just trying to come up with the verbiage (laughs) to be like, that is awesome. Okay. So that is awesome. Let's go ahead and move on. (laughs) So Samantha, for our show, as we continue to expand our definition, really, in the meantime, we like to identify Filipino American women as individuals who live or have lived in America that are of Filipino descent and identify as female pronouns she her we have also had the non-binary narrative on our show as well so I am curious for you share with us a little bit about your family background and why you identify as a Filipino American woman so I identify as a second generation Filipino woman because my parents both immigrated here in the late 80s and early 90s both were born in the Philippines, went to school in the Philippines, but they met in Stockton. And then that oh. ended up settling was in Stockton. So I was, I'm born and raised in Stockton and I, and I currently live with my family. Very cool. How's the weather there? I'm just curious. I'm in, I'm in Virginia beach. So I'm just like, what's the weather in California right it's now? Cause it's like 90 hot. degrees here. It's pretty hot. It's like yeah. a dry heat. <laughs> like uh, well, Stockton is also kind of like desert weather, isn't it? Yeah, it's pretty dry, pretty flat. I feel like because we're in the Central Valley, like all the air is stagnant. So whenever I like go out to the Bay to visit some extended family, I'm just like, give me me all that ocean air. All that air. (laughs) (laughs) I'll take it. (laughs) Yeah. You know, I always get confused about, 
you know, who identifies as first generation, 1.5 generation or second generation. And so that's why I like asking this question, because I think at the end of the day, it comes down to how you identify. And I appreciate you elaborating on like, I'm second generation because my parents were the ones that came here first. So they were mm -hmm. essentially first generation and I'm second generation. So then on that note, it makes me think, okay, like based off of your definition, I am second generation because my parents were immigrants and I was born as an American. But, you know, sometimes it's complicated because I just think like I found out I recently learned that my grandpa was an American. And so I'm kind of thinking like, OK, does that make me like like 2.5? <laughs> like, oh, like if, no. you know what I mean? It's interesting. Yeah, because I was also thinking about that, too, because technically both my grandparents are U.S. citizens. So then I was like, does that make me like a 2.5 or like a third generation? So I think just yeah. the just vary on each person which makes it really complicated sometimes yeah yeah, yeah. especially yeah. like for me I wonder about that too because my mom is not Filipina she's mm -hmm. white and she was born and raised here in Oakland just like I was but my dad was born in the Philippines right. so what does that make me <laughs> yeah yeah it's like uh yeah it's interesting but you know that's why it comes down to who do you identify right now you know like based on your own knowledge and your own understanding of you and your background and your history it's about right, right now you know and that's it that's what we really do on the show is we focus on who you are right now and because right now you are enough <laughs> so little motivational talk there <laughs> yeah there you go little motivation for the day <laughs> well samantha these times are interesting and you're a pre-pt student and mm -hmm. i can only imagine that things have shifted since the <laughs> pandemic so Give us a little snapshot of your life today. What does it look like? What, what keeps um, you busy or excited nowadays? So a typical day right now just consists of me either going for a run or working out in the morning before I eat breakfast. And then after eating, I get ready for the day and I will either work on my grad school applications for PT school or I'll create content for like my personal Instagram or the women of color in PT Instagram that I also run or process orders from my online shop. And then wow. there's like snack, there's like snack and like stretch breaks, like sprinkled in between. And then usually I'll eat lunch at like around noon. And then after that, I'll, it's just whatever I didn't get done in the morning. I'll, I'll finish like in the afternoon. You sound like such a digital entrepreneur. <laughs> Yeah, I was just saying, I was like, yeah, no, that definitely changed during shelter in place because I used to work as a physical therapy aide at an outpatient clinic. And then when quarantine happened, they had to lay us all off. So Ooh, mm. yeah. oh, I, I got to hear that. Something with my time, you know? Yeah, well, it sounds like you've been making the most of it. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. And then what excites me nowadays is just being able to go out to the bay to visit family or go hiking. Where is your family in the bay? They live in San Carlos, which is like oh. 10 minutes away from Palo Alto. Like where oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Cool. cool. Um, can you tell us a little bit more about the other Instagram? Are you the founder of it or do you just run the... Yeah, the so I actually founded that page last and it was just basically, I needed something, I, I created it just to post like what my blog posts were about when I would interview like women of color in physical therapy. So it was just another way for me to advertise it, but it grew a lot since then. 
And then even like a lot lately since the movement, the Black Lives Matter movement happened, a lot of people started following more like accounts of diversity on Instagram. And mine was mm-hmm. one of them. It like, I've seen a lot of growth and I'm still like seeing so much growth on that page, which is pretty interesting, pretty cool. That's really cool. Have you felt like because of this whole movement that's happening right now, like socially, that you've had to switch up kind of the content that you promote on that page or like whatever Um, your posting strategy was before? Like, do you feel like you've had to change it at all or? In some ways, yes. In some ways, no, because, well, what didn't change was the diversity for me has always been there because I've always been seeking out women of different backgrounds to interview. One thing that did change though was just posting more resources to sort of support black folks and just reposting it on my stories and adding links and stuff and such. And then I also made like this Google form and it was like, it's like where people can nominate black owned businesses in physical therapy. Oh, wow. Yeah, so I split that series into five posts, which featured like nine businesses for each one. And that got a pretty wide response too. And it was because a lot of people didn't realize how, I guess, prominent Black people were in therapy profession, like just in our country, Yeah, which was really cool. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like you don't really hear a lot about women, first women in physical therapy and second women of color in physical therapy. Right. So that's such an interesting kind of niche to hone in on. And that's really cool. I feel like a lot of people have reached out to our page on Instagram too, in the Filipino American community, kind of Mm -hmm. trying to curate like a directory of vendors or different like accounts. And so I I love to see people doing that work because like Mm -hmm. you say until you see a list of everyone all together or congregated in one space you don't realize how prominent you know some of those businesses really are yeah for sure and for me too like when I started even the interview series I was just like I wonder how many women of color are like actually in PT and I was really surprised I was like wow there's like a lot of us but there's like no singular platform for us to connect on right there's just no visibility just make it myself then. yeah yeah <laughs> exactly that's what social media should be for yeah, I think. for sure yeah i think that's really awesome and i think the question i have for you samantha is mm-hmm. what do you feel like is the biggest difference between let's say you know women of color in pt versus you know, those who are not women of color? Like, have you seen like a clear difference? So the general observation that I've made from the interviews I've done with women of color in PT is that um, they're very just unapologetic about who they are and their passion for the profession itself, which is really inspiring as someone who wants to be like in that space. Mm-hmm. That's like the, the main thing I would take away from those interviews too. That's awesome. I like hearing that. Actually, that just reminds me that I do know someone that is pursuing like physical therapy as a profession. And it's just, there's something like really badass about it because I think in our community, you're Mm -hmm. typically expected. I mean, nursing is kind of the first thing that comes to mind, right? (laughs) 
Like that just is, that, that just is. Okay. And, and that's, that's not good or bad. It just is. Right. So it's like, see, so you think about PT and it's like, Oh, PT, like that's cool too. <laughs> you know? So I think that's really awesome that you just like what you said, you guys are out there. Like all these women of color are in the industry. They're just, it's not given a platform to be visible. And right. I think it's very admirable that you wanted that, like you wanted that for yourself, you know, very similar to how this project started. We just wanted to see and hear more people that look like us, sound like us and, and share similar experiences. So it's really cool that you are able to do that for the, you know, PT industry essentially. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah I'm just, but I was also going to say too, is that social media nowadays makes it really easy for you to do that. Mm-hmm. It's just there and all the resources are there and they're free. Right. Like, it's stopping you from like not doing it, you know? Right. And you're on there anyway, right? And you're on there anyway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 No, I'm just curious. What inspired you to get into PT? Was it like a personal experience that you had or someone that you saw when you were younger that inspired you? Yeah. So it was actually in high school, my junior year, I was taking an anatomy class and at the same time, I was on the cross-country team, so I would, I would just be running, like, every day after school. Mm. Just being able to learn about the, the human body and being able to apply that to myself was really cool. And then also around the same time, my dad actually had to go to physical therapy because at that time, he was, like, training for a lot of marathons. Oh, wow. That's a yeah, big, it sounds like you have a, a running family or a very active family. Yeah, yeah. an athletic My family. family. pretty active, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I was able to go with him to his therapy sessions and to just be able to see, like, the one-on-one interactions between his therapist was really cool. And that's how, like, therapists, physical therapists are using movement to, like, heal people and empower them into like learning more about themselves and their bodies. Yeah, I feel like physical therapy is something that people don't really have a lot of knowledge about unless they've had a personal experience. Right. Like for me, I just think because I, you know, haven't had a personal experience with it, mm-hmm. um, I just feel like it's for when you get hurt, you know, I would right, never think yeah. to see a physical therapist like in preparation of training for a marathon or something like that. Yeah. So that is really interesting. And again, such a like niche space for you to be in. Yeah. I'd love to see you like really capitalizing on that. Yeah. And it's like really cool too, because physical therapy in itself is actually very diverse in like the settings you can work in and like the type mm-hmm. And population you want to work in like you don't have to be injured to like want to be or to go through physical therapy like if you were getting ready for like a race or something a physical therapist would definitely help you prepare your body for it and just give you ways on like like strategy wise and then also too when I used to work at the clinic like we would see children like at our clinic so they would go through physical therapy too And, like, we would work with, like, geriatric patients, which was also cool because, like, just the elderly population has a lot to say. And they're, like, very, like, unfiltered in the things that they do say. So you should learn a lot. (laughs) Yeah. For sure. Do you feel like you are pressured at all by your parents or anyone in your family to, like, go specifically into the medical field? Or that was just all you? I think when I was in middle school, there was, like, I did feel that pressure. And I think everyone does at, like, in their lives but I actually I I came to PT on my own 
for sure. And in high school, I remembered wanting to go into journalism. And like, to my surprise, my parents were like pretty okay about it. And I was like, wow, like, like it's good to know I have your support either way, so. Now, what else could I think of? <laughs> what else can I get away with? What else can I get away with? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, I hope that they're proud of you and express their like praise of you to see you kind of thriving in this space right now. Yeah. I feel like they have some idea of like what I do on Instagram, but I don't know if they know like the If they really get it, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're yeah. probably just like, what are you doing on Instagram all the time? You know, it's like, you're like, why are you spending so much time on your phone? You know? Yeah, like, you're like, I'm building a yeah. business. <laughs> yeah, no, I actually, like when I launched my online shop in March, my mom was like, you're making a, you're like this business. I'm like, yeah, it's a small business. Oh yeah, so the shop is called Braidology. It's named after my blog site and I sell shirts that are like women of color and PT merch. What else? I sell stickers too for women of color and then there's another shirt that actually came from an Instagram caption I did. And on the shirt, it says, my mom sacrificed too much for me to be silent. I was just mm. going to say, that's the one that I that I remember off the top of my wow. head. I know yeah. I've seen a lot of your photos with the with your uh, logo, yeah. logos and stuff, but that one is my favorite for sure. Yeah, so a lot of people have asked me like, oh, where does that come from? Where did that line come from? And it actually just came up randomly when I was writing about like a caption describing like my experience being like at the store like during quarantine and like this man just being like super racist towards me Mm. and like I just like I journal about like a lot of things so that was just my way of journaling and then that line came out and then one of my friends was like oh my god that's so deep and I was like yes (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah yeah, I think one of our future plans, I mean, one of our future plans is to have merch. And uh-huh. there's just been so many powerful quotes that people have said throughout the show, like throughout this project that I really just want to put like on a sticker or on a mug or on a t-shirt. That's part of our future plans. Hint to our listeners if you're <laughs> yeah, looking to find something. out to you, asking you for help on oh, how to set that sure. up. I'll buy all your merch for sure. <laughs> Yes. Now we have a reference or a, a mentor oh, yeah. to like, yes. tell us how to get, how to make t-shirts and stuff. I love it. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I mean, I still have no idea what I'm doing, but like the things that I am doing seem to be doing pretty well. So just, you know what? Them. I, I love that you say that. I have um, a saying here. I, I have it written down on my table and it says, so this is kind of like how I combat, let's say the, the imposter syndrome, right? Or if I, if I don't know what I'm doing, if I feel like I'm lost. So I always just say, uh, so my phrase goes so far, so good. (laughs) And the reason why I say that is like, okay, well, I haven't killed anyone. I haven't hurt anyone. People seem to like this. I'm going to just, I can proceed. Yeah. So far, so good. So that's been like my ongoing attitude with everything. And let me tell you, it's very liberating because like, rather than like second guessing yourself, you just kind of, you just keep going with it. You kind of follow the breadcrumbs. I get laid in front of you every time you do something good, you know? So I love your transparency on like, I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm doing 
doing it. So far, so good. Yeah, that totally <laughs> you know? matches our attitude. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And Relatable. You know what? Yeah, yeah. And you know, what? I think in I think in these times, I feel like people are really learning to just be present and to just roll with the punches. Like there's really no other way to do it right now. Um, And when you have that attitude, at least for me, I think like, okay, that can get me through the next hour that can get me through Mm -hmm. the next day, the next week, you know, Mm -hmm. or just this moment, like just to think like, I don't have to have it all figured out. I'm doing fine, doing well. I can breathe. I have a roof over my head. I have food, you know, like I'm going to be okay. I mean, if we were in a pandemic in any other generation, like we wouldn't have the same luxury. I mean, food delivery, y'all. Like we have food delivery. (laughs) Like we don't have to hunt for our food. Instacart. What a privilege. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. We don't have to go hunting, you know, like I don't have to like skin an animal. Like I could just like, I mean, there's so much, I mean, don't get me wrong. I don't want to minimize what we're all going through. Of course, like there's, there's a lot of issues happening right now at the same time I'm focusing on what I have I'm focusing on like okay the blessings yeah thank you like my resources what I have in front of me like my sanity therapy (laughs) I got this down I got I got this down to the best of my ability and people seem to like what I'm doing so far so good let's just keep going so Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Well, Samantha, let's go ahead and jump into really our final question. One of my favorite parts of the interview, which is sharing a life lesson to our listeners. And I know here you mentioned that you want to share a story about how fitness and social media has helped cultivate your self-love journey. So Mm -hmm. let's go ahead and unpack that for us and and tell us a little bit about the life lesson you want to share and, and yeah, the story behind it. Yeah. So I guess I'll start with like a memory that or just like a moment in my life where I was like really confused about my identity. Mm. When I went to the Philippines, this was like 10 years ago for like a family reunion. And we had just landed. And I think it was a couple days after we were in Manila and it was really hot. And the things to do there is to go to the shopping malls to like cool off. Or AC. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) The air con. Yeah. So I was just like, we were there i was dressed for the weather so i was like in a sundress and just like walking into just walking in the the mall i just felt so like so much like an outsider because like i'm brown like i'm dark-skinned i'm like pretty tall for a filipino girl i'm five seven oh girl um, you're you're taller than both of us yeah definitely <laughs> yeah i'm like five one and three quarters of an inch i'm almost yeah five, and two. i'm like four eleven and three quarters <laughs> oh <laughs> jen and i are down here yeah we're pretty <laughs> we're pretty short yeah. oh my gosh yeah so like i just like felt like these eyes staring at me like oh my god who is this like why is she so dark why is she so mm. tall mm. you know and i don't know just like coming even coming back or like being there just being surrounded by that standard of like white skin is better yeah and like seeing just like the shelves of skin whitening products and like them like their their attitude about it just being so casual like it was nothing yeah then coming back home and like the standard here is like oh like we need to go to like tanning salons to like make our skins darker you know and that was just really confusing for me, just like being 14 at the time. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, it was just something I just internalized to like for a long time. And it wasn't until 
I guess it was like my my junior year of college where I was just like I finally just came into myself and just started deciding to do things for myself and not to please other people and fitness was a big part of that too mm-hmm. because I also got back into running just for the joy of it and not because I had to because like the last time I had run like a lot like that was in high school and, and it was like because of obligation but also because I like to do it yeah. but just that mindset shift of um just doing things for yourself was really life-changing for me and it like made me more adventurous in my decisions about I don't know, just like trying new things that I've had never thought to try before. And one of them was weightlifting, surprisingly, because like high school me would have never foreseen like future me weightlifting at the gym, (laughs) (laughs) which is such a like runners don't like to lift. Yeah. (laughs) But like that's like the mindset in high school was like when I did track for one season, like we would have lifting days like two times a week, maybe. And I always dreaded those days. So <laughs> that like shift was really <laughs> monumental in my life. <laughs> I could yeah, see. you're like cardio, no conditioning. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and then I, I look back at it now and I think the reason why I didn't like lifting when I was younger was because I was scared that I would get like really muscular and that's just not how female body works like if anything (laughs) you lift weights you just like your physique really starts to like show like just just stigma I love that you like point this out I am still a victim of that like thought to this day yeah I don't want to lift weights because I don't want to get bulky like I'm not trying to be muscular but everyone's yeah, like, I'm not going to uh, be muscular. Just lift the stupid weights. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, actually, I, I, yeah. Yeah, I, I could just fight that idea so yeah. much. <laughs> yeah, for yeah. sure. I could totally relate to that as well. I did, what is it? I did cross country and track and field uh-huh. when I was in high yeah. school also. And I remember going into the weightlifting rooms and like, like I was just hanging out, you know, like I, I like, like no one, like no one like guided me. So I was kind of just like walking around and I was like, I'm going to sit on this machine and like, see what it does. Like, I guess this is for my chest, you know, like play on this play structure for a minute. (laughs) Yeah. Like, like no one was around to like spot me or anything. I was like, this is, this is weird. Like, like I was more comfortable running, you know, just, just like you. And like, I was like, I will run the Hills. I will do the Hills. You know, I will, I will, I will do the Hills, but you lift weights. I'm like, uh, how do I, how do I lift it like this yeah is this is not for me <laughs> yeah and then going with uh, going on with that stigma that you mentioned nani it's like i remember my mom was like don't don't lift weights you're gonna look like a man she's like yeah i look like a man she's like you just we'll just walk every day you know i'm just like you know and i, I look at my mom and i mean my mom looks That's great me. <laughs> yeah I, like, I look at my mom she looks great but i know i know my mom would look even better if she like you know like lifted weights but just that stigma of like no you're gonna look masculine like it's yeah it's bad she for you do it and yeah, so, and I feel like, yeah, a lot of, I think that stigma still exists too, because it's just not known that, you know, like weightlifting won't do that to you if you're like a woman. But I think I, I definitely changed, my mind changed too when I was in college because I was taking an exercise physiology class and this was mm-hmm. for my year. And we were going over like just programming like different types of workouts for like different outcomes of like your client and such. And it actually does take a lot for you to, for women to bulk up 
like you would think. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's it's like, <laughs> like you would have to lift so much. You would have to be <laughs> in the gym so much, and it's just like with like because <laughs> I feel like most girls like when they start lifting, they do like really light stuff, like with the ten pounds or like the five pounds. Like that will help tone you. It just won't make anything bigger if that's what you want. Yeah. You know? Cause, like, I just think want- it. Yeah. I just think it's funny how like I just think about my mom and like how it was just such a yeah such a stigma to lift weights it's like as if I lifted one that's it I turned to a man <laughs> you know <laughs> and it's like no that's not how where, where do you think that comes from Samantha like yeah why do why do we have that stigma or the idea that if women lift weights they're gonna look like a man you know like like I'm just very curious like I don't, I don't know I don't even know how my mom learned that you know like it's yeah because my mom definitely has that like in her mind still mm-hmm. not as much as it was when I was in high school because like now she knows that I lift but like now it's more like oh don't lift so much because you're gonna hurt your back and I'm like mom <laughs> Mom, like, I'm like, mom, I know what I'm doing. Like, I have the right form. She just for, really like, doesn't oh. want you to lift. Yeah, she, I was like, you just really don't want me to lift. Heavy. She thinks you're so fragile. I know. She's like, we're not fragile. We're not fragile. I know. I mean, I think if we're really going to, maybe like that stigma just came from like men that just wanted to stifle a woman's mm. power and strength. Maybe that's what it is. Yeah, who knows? Like, I, no. I have no idea. If, any, if anyone knows, like, text us, leave us a voice message, email us. Like, I'm, I'm just curious because it's like, I just took that as a fact. Like, I didn't even, yeah. same, you know, question it. You know, it just, it just was. And it's so interesting. I never really thought about that till we had this discussion. But yeah, yeah it's, it's something we're thinking about. And I, I also think it's because we're talking about it to realize, like, hey, you're going to be fine. Like the woman's body, the woman's physique is so different from a man. So Mm -hmm. it's okay. You can lift weights. (laughs) Yeah, and it it actually gets more important as you age to like to lift weights because as you age, your muscles, they break down, they get smaller. Mm. So you're like consistent in just lifting weights. Like it helps you build like your muscle mass or maintains your muscle mass. Mm. That's all that I learned too from working at a PT clinic because like I used to be so just like cautious of like giving elderly patients like a 10 pound weight and (laughs) the therapist was like don't worry about it like this is like they can handle it and like they can handle it like (laughs) Yeah. yeah. I feel like it works out so well that you like to kind of dive into studying this kind of stuff and like testing Mm -hmm. it out with your own body and the people that you work with, because I think that that, well, it's a part of maturity, of course, but it also Mm -hmm. seems like it's helped you a lot kind of break the stereotypes or the stigma that was put Mm -hmm. on you, like the way that you described you felt when you went into the mall in the Philippines and even coming back here, obviously there's still those stigmas, you know, Mm -hmm. like about the way that you should look as a woman or Mm -hmm. as a Filipina woman but I like that you have kind of kept your focus and your attention on your studies so you Mm -hmm. it kind of keeps your like toes grounded into the earth Mm -hmm. like even (laughs) if these people are you know saying that I should look or smell or feel this way or that way I know because I actually study this like like I that I am healthy and that I am you know I'm being my best self basically Mm -hmm. And it also goes to show, too, just, like, you shouldn't care what other people think about you anyway, because it's your opinion that matters most, right? Because yeah. that affects you the most. 
Yeah, it's about how you feel about yourself. And (laughs) most of the time, their opinions are uninformed anyway. So Right, exactly. Yeah, Yeah, I I agree with you, Nadia. I was going to say something similar. It's like most of the time, they just took that as fact without Mm -hmm. even questioning it, you know? And I I think that's what like, you know, what marketing and advertising and what culture tends to like condition us to believe, like just automatically believe because we're so exposed to it. We just think like, oh, okay, it's better to be lighter skinned. It's better to you know, whatever, you know, fill in the blank, it's better. But when you really study it and question it, then I think, you know, that act in itself is very empowering. And you realize just like what you said, Nani, it's like, well, I mean, they're misinformed or they're not taking the time to really understand and dive deeper. And it is what it is. But at the end of the day, we wake up to ourselves, we go to sleep to ourselves. Like we're the ones that live with ourselves. And so we have to take care of ourselves, even if what we're doing may come off as, you know, unpopular to the uninformed spectators. Yeah. And it's not necessarily that one look or smell or feel is better or worse. It's just Mm -hmm. about the fact that we need more visibility. You know, we need more representation that that shows kind of the diversity of what Mm -hmm. healthy looks like for different Mm -hmm. people. And Mm -hmm. so, yeah, I think that you're really what is the word I'm looking for? Epitomizing, maybe. I don't know if I just made that up, but making the most like taking full advantage I guess of that (laughs) thank you (laughs) yeah epitomizing is wait is it I'm looking it up right now (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's a word it's a word (laughs) okay I love that you're really epitomizing on that Uh, like let me let me just google that (laughs) yeah thank you for that I was like I I have I have google in front of me (laughs) like look it up real quick google is our friend yes it's our friend Samantha, it's been an absolute pleasure speaking with you today. I feel like you have renewed my, I guess, motivation to look into be, you know, get fit again. I forget the fact that like, you know, we have less muscle as we get older. And I just think for myself that I don't want to get less muscle. <laughs> like I, you know, like I would not want that. Like, you know, I'm not going to be looking like this forever. I got to maintain this, you know? And so I just appreciate you taking the time to share your story today and your background and what got you into PT and, you know, how running and fit fitness has really helped you with your self-love journey. If people want to learn more about you and your show and what your, your shop, your online shop, all the great things that you're doing right now, how can they get a hold of you? How can they find you online? You can find me easily at, on Instagram. So at Sam Homosmos is my handle on there. And then if you wanted to learn more about the other page I run, the Women of Color and Physical Therapy page, that's at WOC and PT also on Instagram. Perfect. And we will have that all in the show notes if anyone is interested because that's what we do. And you all like to humor me and check out those show notes because you know I work really hard on those. (laughs) Samantha, any closing thoughts before we say goodbye? One, there's, uh, if any, if you get anything from this episode, it's, it's that there's power in telling your story because it's unique to you. And since it won't be like exactly the same as anything else, like owning it completely can also be seen as an act of self-love too. Mm, Beautiful. Wow. I feel like I figured out the title. Owning your story is an act of (laughs) self-love. That's powerful. There you go. Thank you for that. (laughs) Thank you for that sound bite. (laughs) Love it. You're welcome. 
Well, really appreciated your time today, Samantha and Nani. Thank you for co-hosting with me as always. Yes, my pleasure. Thank you, Samantha. Thank you for having me, guys. This was really fun. <laughs> yes. And to our listeners, once again, remember, you can send us a text message or voice message if this resonated with you. That's 415-484-8329. Until then, we thank you so much for listening. We look forward to speaking with you in the next episode. Tune in next time. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. <laughs>